when you're dealing with repair from alcohol, you need all these high doses of super, super packed nutrient dense materials to get into your body so that your brain and your gut can use them and finally start absorbing. So alkalinize the diet so that the nutrients can get in, um, get yourself in, onto a smoothie every morning that has kefir in it. Kefir is a natural probiotic that is live. I mean, it's okay to take probiotics in a pill, but look at, I look at it like this. If you have a garden, right? And you're growing some kale in the backyard and you, and you pick that kale out of the garden and you have it in a salad right away. There's all these live nutrients in it, all these, you know, organisms that can get into your body and, and, and be used right away, right? Now take that same piece of kale and put it in your freezer for a year and go and eat it. Obviously the bioavailability and the life force in it is going to be a lot different, right? So when you're eating probiotics, you want to try to get them in the most live format you can. Welcome to the tribe. This is your weekly podcast from Tribe Sober. Whether you're already sober, striving to be sober, or just plain sober curious, you need a tribe. You need a tribe because it's so hard to do this alone. You need a tribe because you need support. And that's where we come in. Here at Tribe Sober, we've got your back. Here at Tribe Sober, we have people at all stages of the journey, all helping each other to stay on track. On this podcast, we've got recovery stories to inspire you, experts to inform you, and plenty of advice on how to ditch the drink and change your life. So here's your host, tribe leader, Janet Gorond. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Tribe Sober podcast. My name is Janet Goron. I'm the founder of Tribe Sober and I'm your host for this podcast. Here at Tribe Sober, we enable people to change their relationship with alcohol and then go on to actually thrive in their alcohol-free lives. And over the last five years, we've helped hundreds of people to do just that. We created Tribe Sober because we believe it's really, really hard to change your drinking alone. So at Tribe Sober, we're all about community. Each week, we feature a community voice, just to give you a flavour of the awesomeness of our tribe. Here's a lady from one of our WhatsApp groups. Hi all, just wanted to give a quick update. Last night, I went out with some friends for the first time in a long time alcohol-free, and I didn't even crave a drink, not at all. It didn't enter my mind, wasn't thinking about it, I wasn't even worried about it, and... I had attended Janet's uh, wonderful workshop earlier that day with the amazing Lynette, Lucy and Nick and all the information was so fresh in my mind I thought like oh no I don't want that poison in my body are you crazy so I hope it's not too soon to to say this but I'm really starting to feel that my mind is changing how it views alcohol and this is definitely a step in the right direction. So if you want to join our community and get a bit of support, just go to tribesober.com and click on the Join Our Tribe button. So let's get to my guest. Now we've designed our membership program so that not only do we support you to stop drinking, but we then go on to help and encourage you to actually thrive in your alcohol-free life. It's not about hanging in there by our fingertips and getting by, one day at a time. It's about healing our bodies and minds and feeling better than ever. So with that in mind, I'm delighted to be interviewing Dr. Grace, who is an integrative doctor based in the US. 
She describes herself as a science geek and has a deep, deep knowledge of how the body can function at its very best. She believes in optimal gut function and repair and runs wellness programs. So she's the perfect person to help us understand how we can repair our bodies and minds after years and years of drinking. So let's get to the conversation. So, Dr. Grace, thank you so much for your time today. Now, you've got a really interesting track record. I think you began um, your life as an athlete, and now you've uh, pivoted, as they say, <laughs> into chiropractor and integrative doctor. So, so give us a, a little summary how that happened, and then maybe a little more about what an integrative doctor is and why that varies from a conventional doctor. Sure, sure. Thank you so much for having me, and I look forward to our session. This is going to be great. Um, my my background started as a kid in a little town in Wisconsin in the U.S., and I uh, was the first Olympic-level rhythmic gymnast in the state. So as the first, I paved the way, and no one really knew what was going on with the sport. It was the first introduced into the Olympics in 1984, even though in the Eastern Bloc countries it has been done for centuries. Um, but I got my start there. And at the time, my family and I, we just couldn't afford going to college and the Olympics. So I just made the decision to get education instead. There were no scholarships at that time for the sport. So uh, in the process of doing that, I, I dove more into my high school activities because I was you know, I was traveling all around the country, training at an Olympic level with this sport. And so at this point, I had seen or had half the injuries out there. And, and I was intrigued by medicine. I always knew that I wanted to be involved being a doctor in some way. Um, but what I also knew is I, I really didn't want to be part of the hospital system. I know I knew that it was not part of my DNA. I can't work for 72 hours on and have five hours off and then keep going and feel like I can actually serve a human body underneath me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm responsible for that person living or dying. And if, if I can't get some sleep in between, I'm not cool with that. <laughs> it's just not how I can function. So, um, I chose to go the chiropractic route so that I could have my own business and also be more interactive with people and, and also look at what, nature has to offer before what pharmaceuticals have to offer. And I, because of my athletic background, I had seen so many people uh, like my teammates and, and colleagues that had knee surgery or, you know, neck surgery or whatever the case may be. And of course, at that time, surgery was far more aggressive than it is now and invasive. However, their careers would be really pretty much over or at least, you know, truncated a lot by what they could actually do or what could they couldn't do. So I just became really intrigued with how we can amplify the body and heal in a more proactive way that's still scientifically valid. I mean, when I was in college, I also did cancer research and immunology. So I'm the I'm a amalgamation, I would say, of a of a an elite athlete with a geeky scientist that has turn their career into going into the integrative path, which has led me into the celebrity market where I see high profiles, athletes, actors, entrepreneurs. Wow. Amazing story. What a talented person you are. So as, as I think you've gathered, I work with people that have been drinking too much rather like I used to, and now they, they want to stop. So we, we talk on our workshops and I talk to people when I'm coaching them, obviously, about the damage that alcohol does to one's body and, and brains. And I just wondered if you'd give us a, a kind of summary of, 
of the damage and the key points we really should be aware of? Of course, of course. Um, well, there's two major factors that you want to look at. First is the brain factor. Second is the gut factor. So the gut-brain axis is a, a giant component that needs to be addressed for anybody who is drinking excessively or even just a little bit, you know, how, how to balance out when you do have those nights where you have a little bit too much and you, may, you need to reel it in a little bit, or you are an alcoholic and you need some help. These are the places that you can start to look. And, and so what gets damaged first is your nutrient depletion. So your, your B vitamins in particular and your ability to absorb nutrients and, and use them also depletes tremendously in the gut when you, when you have excessive alcohol intake, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, another thing that you need to look at is your omega-3 imbalance that goes down. You definitely have serotonin affected. Serotonin is at first triggered to, to be fired more because that's your feel good hormone, right? Like you feel really good when you first start to drink, but then as you're drinking, it gets depleted. And then when you're done drinking, you get depression because you no longer have longer stores of serotonin. So that's another thing that's that's huge. And, and by the way, you produce more serotonin in your gut than you do in your brain. Just really? as a little heads up on that one. Yeah. So um, another aspect of things to look at is the microbiome and alkalinity. The more acidic your body is, the more prone you are to disease states like cancer and um, a poor immune output having the bad guys grow more like bacteria, viruses, that kind of thing. So alcohol is straight sugar and sugar is highly acidic. So the more you're drinking alcohol, the more you are disrupting your alkalinity and the, the gut biome and your body's biome. And that's creating an issue that can create a lot of disease states for you. And finally, in another fun little science land, because I've got to go to science land, it's just, it's just where I live, <laughs> is the field of epigenetics. And that's, that's huge on the, on the tongues and minds of many people now. And it's how th the way your lifestyle can change how your genes express themselves in your body. So when you drink alcohol, um, there's um, a protein that helps to promote nerve cell growth and maintain its survival. And that protein is called brain-derived neurotrophic factor, BDNF. And that gets depleted when you drink too, which means that you are not having as much brain plasticity and the signaling that goes between the neurons decreases tremendously as well. So that's another aspect of it. And then methylation for epigenetics. So your DNA literally can change, your genes change. And, and the more you drink, the more your genes change to actually make you more addicted to the alcohol. You crave it more through the, through, through the lack of methylation. You're listening to a podcast from Tribe Sober. Gosh, amazing. So just a couple things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank goodness I've stopped. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you mentioned cancer there. So so let me tell you about my cancer. Uh, in 2006, I got breast cancer, you know, quite badly. I had to have my sectomy and chemo and all that. 
So I got through it. Uh, but at the time, I mean, we're talking 2006, that nobody ever talked about a link between cancer, breast cancer, alcohol. And I knew that I drank too much. And I always meant to change that one day, but I certainly hadn't got around to it then. And in fact, I remember asking my oncologist when he kind of gave me the all clear, well, as clear as they can give you. And I said, do you think I should change my diet? You know, should I be drinking more of this green juice? And should I maybe try and avoid alcohol? And he said, oh, no. He said, you know, you've got through this. He said, now you must enjoy your life. So I felt like I'd been, you know, given a, <laughs> a free pass to go and drink more than I, I drank before. And, and I did. I actually stepped it up a bit. I was like celebrating. I'm still alive. <laughs> it was crazy. But um, so these days, I mean, the I, I read the other day, maybe you can confirm whether this is true or not. But if um, if you have like three glasses of red wine or was it even one glass of wine, it increases your risk of breast cancer by 15% or something. There's There seems to be studies coming out now that there's a real link between oh. not only seven different types of cancer, but particularly breast cancer. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Now, um, I, I have to be honest, I don't know the exact percentages in in the in the statistic you just gave me but that does sound at ballpark correct but what i do know is the reason as to why it's breast cancer that gets increased is because when you drink you increase blood estrogen levels so blood estrogen levels when they get increased tremendously and are constantly on the rise that leads to breast cancer and breast cancer triggers so more likely than not, that is what was part of the mechanism, what started to create breast cancer for you. Um, as far as other cancers in general, how alcohol affects the body kind of goes back to some of the things I was just mentioning earlier. First and foremost, the acidity factor. Um, a cancer cell grows best in, a, in an acid-rich environment. So the more alkaline you are, the less you have the opportunity to let that cancer cell continue to grow. And that's one of the things you can do with diet, for sure. And there are a variety of different things, and I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit later, wink, wink. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, um, I definitely- I can't that. see you winking. I know, oh, that's sorry, I'm sorry, I thought you could. The, uh, the other portion of how cancer um, gets increased with alcohol intake is just the toxic debris. When you look at the actual manufacturing of alcohol itself, the kinds of products that are used to create alcohol tend to be some that, that can be quite carcinogenic, including uh, the plastics that they're bottled in. And the other, when you think about that, the leaching of that into the, into the alcohol and you're drinking those plastics, the same reason that you don't want to drink water in plastic bottles. Why would you want to drink alcohol, which is already something that you know can push you over into non healthy world. Why would you want that in plastics as well? Um, and then of course the dyes, I mean, think of some of those, the alcohols that have those really super bright orange or bright blues. Those are definitely not something that the body is used to having to process through. So you're putting damage into the liver as well as, as the gut for all of that. And then of course, um, corn is, what a lot of alcohols, especially grain alcohols, are made out of. And corn is a huge factor for increasing inflammation in any um, extended states 
of inflammation with inflammatory markers start to create cellular change. And that's that DNA damage I was talking to you about. And when you're drinking alcohol in particular, your DNA is being damaged because you are having your cells being exposed to acetaldehyde. Acetaldehyde is what alcohol gets broken down to. So that will kill your DNA and that will cause a cancer cell. And then of course, your good nutrients can't be broken down or absorbed. And the culmination of all of these things over excessive exposure is what just makes that cell not be able to stop growing. A cancer cell is a normal cell. It just doesn't have the signaling to stop growing. So it just keeps going out of control. So in order to to stop that, you have to reduce those mechanisms and, and reduce that alcohol intake. Yeah, I remember them telling me at the hospital that my cancer was kind of estrogen and hormone uh, related. And uh, I think it was called HER2 or something. And I had to have special kind of Herceptin, it was called, to to get through that. Exactly. Exactly. So alcohol obviously plays havoc with our hormones. Um, So talk to us about alcohol and the menopause. It's going to make all those menopausal symptoms worse, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And isn't that fun? As if menopause isn't a yeah. fun little joyride all by itself, <laughs> right? Yeah. So um, where alcohol plays a role there uh, is also twofold. It's part of the brain and part of the gut. So hormones that are created in the hypothalamus and the uh, the stress hormones, cortisol in particular, when you have a situation where your body is constantly in a fight or flight response, which alcohol will put it in there. You know, you'll, it's more of a stimulant, right? So you're, you're in that constant fight or flight. So this, the same constituents that would normally go to build your usual hormones like estrogen, estradiol, testosterone, the, the good guys, uh, they get leached by cortisol because your body thinks that it has to survive right? So cortisol is made instead. And long periods of cortisol creation will basically suck all of the constituents out of your body that will make your normal hormones. So you won't have the balance and you'll have a a lot more of the symptoms like the sweating, the excessive bleeding, the mood swings, you know, the, the anxiety, depression, all that kind of stuff. You're listening to a podcast from Tribe Sober. If you'd like to join our warm and welcoming community, just head on over to tribesober.com and hit the membership tab. That's www.tribesober.com. Yeah, you you talked about um, serotonin and and why alcohol is a depressant, but alcohol also creates anxiety, doesn't it? So is there a a reason behind that? You can explain a science-y type. Sure, (laughs) sure. Yeah, actually, uh, you led right into exactly what the answer is. Um, The constituents that are the feedback loops and the, the enzymes and the nutrients that your body needs to stay in a state of stasis and to not feel anxiety and to not feel depression, the very first one you want to look at is serotonin, serotonin and dopamine, right? And um, when they're depleted, that's when you start getting the symptoms of anxiety and depression. And and you, you see this a lot in, in um, people who 
take drugs or alcohol because it's your feel good center, right? It's the, the amygdala is another center in your brain that is for your emotions. And when you drink alcohol, alcohol will extend the amygdala into a, a different configuration that it's used to being in and anatomically speaking. And by doing so, it creates a lot of the emotional disturbance that people experience when they've been drinking. Yeah. And as you said, dopamine plays a a big role in the addiction cycle, doesn't it? It does. I know for me and many people in our community, we we kind of ditch the drink and we try really hard and we're, we're sober for a few months and then we feel just miserable, you know, and really flat and we're not enjoying anything. And my theory, I mean, it sounds really simplistic, but it, it's that our natural dopamine hasn't come back yet. It's not working. Right. Is, there, right. is that true? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you got to remember, too, what I said earlier, it's not just in your brain. It's in your gut. Think of how much more real estate there is in your gut tube than there is in your head your brain, <laughs> right? Uh, your, your gut tube is a lot, lot longer and bigger. And so if, if you're doing anything that can deplete serotonin and you're doing it from both places, now you're looking at a recovery time that's going to take a lot longer unless you do super saturating things to um, help to facilitate its, its regrowth. So, so let's talk about that. What I mean, it's too late for me because I'm now nearly six years sober and my dopamine is fine. <laughs> I really enjoy everyday pleasures again, uh, but it took a while. So I'm thinking if there's anyone listening to this that's just uh, given up a few months ago and they're feeling a bit miserable, what can they be doing? What kind of things in early recovery can you do? Are there supplements, specific foods we could eat? How can we build ourselves up again? Absolutely. And start repairing the damage. Absolutely, absolutely. And and let me just precurse this with everybody's different. So yeah. please, by all means, some of the suggestions that I'm making, don't go and buy them on the on the market and just go try using them. Please go to a healthcare practitioner that is a chiropractor, a nutritionist, or a functional medicine specialist that can give you the exact dosages for exactly what's going on in your body. Um, I I just wanted to make that very clear, first and foremost. Uh, but as a general rule, some things that you can do that aren't destructive, that you know, that aren't dangerous to just tinker with, if you will, because some supplements, you, if you're tinkering with them, you can really do some damage. However, what you can do, first and foremost, is get yourself into an alkalinizing diet. So changing your pH to be more alkaline and less acidic is the first place to start for sure. Second place after that, and that, and you can do that with superfoods and all kinds of stuff. I have, uh, there's a really, really great product. Uh, it's called Billy's infinity greens. It has probiotics in it and it has superfoods in it that was designed by the creator who actually had a brain disease. He had a, he had a, a major injury in his brain and he repaired it through this product that he created. So when you're dealing with repair from alcohol, you need all these high doses of super uber packed nutrient dense materials to get into your body so that your brain and your gut can use them and finally start absorbing. So alkalinize the diet so that the nutrients can get in, um, get yourself in onto a smoothie every morning that has kefir in it. Kefir is a natural probiotic that is live. I mean, it's okay to take probiotics in a pill, but look at, I look at it like this. If you have a garden, 
right? And you're growing some kale in the backyard and you, and you pick that kale out of the garden and you have it in a salad right away. There's all these live nutrients in it, all these, you know, organisms that can get into your body and, and, and be used right away, right? Now take that same piece of kale and put it in your freezer for a year and go and eat it. Obviously the bioavailability and the life force in it is going to be a lot different, right? So when you're eating probiotics, you want to try to get them in the most live format you can. So fermented foods, kefir, yogurt. Um, when you're coming out of um, recovery, I, I, I recommend not doing too much animal product and too much dairy because your gut's already pretty, you know, pretty torn up from the from the damage of the alcohol. So you want to give it stuff that it's going to be warm and fuzzy. And, and that's where the cultured vegetables are a lot more helpful. Things like kimchi and, and um, the sauerkraut's made with real, yeah, yeah. Sauerkraut can, can be just made out of vinegar though. You need to look, make sure it says live probiotics on it. It should be fermented food. So um, that's, that's the big difference there. Um, coconut water kefir is one of my favorites. It has the probiotics in it so that, so the probiotics eat the sugar out of the coconut water and you get all of the healing benefits of the coconut, which is amazing. So anything made with coconut, coconut kefir where the sugar's out, that's awesome for recovery. Um, eating as few sugar products as possible. I know that's a tough one, but, uh, the kefir and the probiotics and the fermented foods actually help to stop those cravings. So the more you're consistent with those every day, two, you know, two times a day, the better. And at first, you got to start slow because that stuff is going to, you're going to get bloated, you're going to get crampy, you know, there's nothing in your system to give you the resources you need. So you have to do it little by little. But that's why I love the super greens because, you know, a smoothie with the super greens and just getting started in the day like that will make a huge impact for sure. Yeah. And I guess the yogurt has to be live yogurt, does it? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, just checking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if you can do, um, you know, coconut yogurt instead of dairy yogurt, even better. Okay. And you're, you're implying that this lovely diet would help kind of calm down the cravings a bit. But is there any a, a kind of quick hack? I heard you on a, another interview and I can't even remember the context, but it was all, all about Himalayan um, salts and just putting oh, yeah, a little okay. bit on your tongue. What was, what was that for? What that was for is a lot of people, when you're hungry, nine times out of 10, you're actually more dehydrated and thirsty. So if you just take a really high grade sea salt, like Himalayan or even better French gray salt, that stuff is amazing because of all the mineral content in it. Just put a tiny bit under your tongue and drink some water about, you know, a general normal glass of water, that will spark the brain to recognize that it's being satiated. And it, nine times out of 10, it's not the hunger that was there. It was because of, of being dehydrated. And, and for the record, most alcoholics and people who drink a lot are very dehydrated. Not, not, only, not only from lack of normal water, hydration water, but also from the, the nutrients and minerals and, you know, sodium, potassium, magnesium, all these things, they get depleted tremendously. So that salt tip might well work when we get that six o'clock craving for a glass of wine. Yeah. Well, what'll help even more too is first and foremost, before you have that first drink, do your cultured vegetables or do a little shooter 
of your kefir. And doing that, and if you do the shooter, and this is what I recommend because I actually, this is a concoction I came up with that helps with, um, uh, it's a hangover remedy that I used to have in my, my juice bar. <laughs> so it's really, it works and it helps, but it actually, actually can help to, you know, s- you know, stop things even before you want to drink too. So you use a little apple cider vinegar, a little aloe vera juice, um, some kefir, and then I do it, a drop of stevia because that gives you that little bit of sweetness that, that gives you that satiation and the ping of, in your brain of I'm getting something sweet without actually um, affecting your gut biome or spiking your insulin. So if you do uh, a, a shot of a combination of those three things together, that will help to not only change your palate, but change your brain and, and load up your gut with the stuff that's going to help you repair if you do still go and have that drink. You're listening to a podcast from Tribe Sober. Okay, yeah, because a, a lot of people uh, crave, because obviously wine, etc., is full of sugar. So when we stop, we start craving sweets. I mean, I, I never used to eat chocolate or anything because I just wasn't interested. I, I'd, I'd go to a restaurant and the dessert would come and I'll say, oh, I'll just have another glass of wine. <laughs> I always preferred my sugar that way. So when we stop, you know, we, we start wanting chocolate and stuff like that. So any. I mean, I say to people, because it is such a struggle, I remember well, in those early months not to drink, I say to people, just focus on not drinking for now. And then when, you know, you can you can cope a little bit better, then attack the sugar. Do, do you think that's that's good advice or should they just be trying no, to resist but, sugar as well as alcohol? Well, it's, it's excellent advice. And, and the, what I would say to that is is learn the kinds of resources that are out there for other products that aren't as aggressive when it comes to sweetness. So if you are just so can't even deal and need to have some sort of sugar, go for using stevia or coconut sugar. Or That's an artificial sweetener, isn't it, stevia? No, it's a plant. No. It's a plant. Oh, okay. Yeah, but you just need a, a little. If it's in a liquid form, all you need is one or two drops in a, in your your teacup, and that'll that'll make it completely sweet, absolutely and completely uh-huh. sweet. So, but that doesn't spike your insulin, and it satiates enough, and it starts just to, you know it doesn't give you all the acidity, and it doesn't give you the caloric intake either. So you can find recipes that have um, co- um, coconut sugar and stevia and torbino that's another sugar that that helps to not have as many as these of these um cravings get worse and and breaking down the body at the same time so you know just like you would take a a a heavy heroin addict off of their drug with some other drugs to compromise right sugar is a drug there's no doubt about it. it. It affects the brain in the same way that heroin does. So if you can give your body little bits and pieces from sources like the ones I just mentioned that don't wreak havoc on your body, but, you know, help you get through your, your shaky moments, then, then that's the way to go. Right. Uh, and people that are really kind of hooked on sugar and carbohydrates and things, they, they should probably not touch them at all. A bit, a bit like alcoholics shouldn't really have just one glass of wine. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but like what you were saying earlier, if you're looking at an alcoholic who's been drinking for decades and 
you know, their major focus is just to not have the drink. It's hard enough just to get through the psychosis of that. Adding into the mix to stay away from all grains, sugar, and, and everything else, too, it's just it's overwhelming, you know? So I'd like to offer at least some level of, of baby steps that can be taken once you do the first big step, which is to get yourself off the alcohol at, yeah. at, at all. Yeah, we say to people, uh, you can't chase two rabbits because they'll both get away. <laughs> there you go. I love it. Uh, yeah, that, that gives you a great visual too. I'm like, oh, there's little buggers go, both of them, one in one direction, one in the other. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I guess we can't go without some um, mentioning COVID in these days. So my understanding is that alcohol damages our immune system. Um, if you were to get COVID-19 and end up in hospital, um, you know, your body would, would really struggle if you had a, an alcohol issue. And a, a lady um, talked to me, a doctor actually, about cytokine storm. I thought that was fascinating <laughs> because it's just too much, isn't it, for the immune system to fight COVID and to fight alcohol because our bodies treat alcohol as if it's a disease, don't they? Over time, yeah, over time, yeah. yes. And well, let, let's go back to um, a little bit reason why too. And this the same story, it's all in your gut. 70 to 80% of your immune system is in your gut as well. So your immunology gets affected tremendously when you have a, a dysfunctional gut biome. And um, literature is showing more and more now too, now that the COVID um, scientists are able to get more information out over time, it takes time to do these studies, right? But vitamin D is a huge adjunct to preventing people from going into ICU when they have COVID. So vitamin D, the, your B vitamins and omega-3s are all huge. Now, if none of those are being absorbed in your gut because alcohol is killing them first, that's the huge reason why your immune system is so weak. So even if you are taking the supplements, if you're continuing to drink in a heavy way, you're not going to get the nutrients in where they need to be used. And you're certainly not going to get storage of them. You're just going to be repairing the alcohol damage. You're not going to be able to have excess so that if you get exposed to something, you'll be able to fight it. So that's where the immune system gets compromised the most with the COVID situation. Yeah. And it's uh, what you were saying just then made me think of uh, we come across quite a lot of people that are on antidepressants and then they're drinking a bottle of wine every evening. Yeah. <laughs> it just cancels it out, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And uh, that, that's where 5-HTP does help for sure, because that's one of the um, natural supplements. And DMG, those are both naturally produced in your body that help to repair and restore the dopamine and the, and the serotonin sensors, um, or centers, excuse me. Uh, but yeah, that's definitely counterintuitive. If, if you're already depressed, you're going to take something that's going to create more depression. It's definitely <laughs> not, not a great yeah. balance for sure. Yeah. Okay. So Dr. Grace, they can't see you sadly, but uh, they must believe me. You look amazing. And I want to know what your lifestyle is. Uh, my, my day starts with my tea. I have masala chai with some coconut milk creamer in it, two drops of stevia, sometimes three. <laughs> and and then the first part of my day stays liquid until about 11 or 12. And I do um, tea that I make. I, I actually have, I have juice, lemons, and ginger and make it a concentrate. And then I put that in my teacup 
and then I add hot water to it. And that is highly alkalinizing and it also cleans out your liver and it cleans out your, your kidneys and, and, um, your skin, every, I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome for alkalinizing. So I stay in, in the liquid land for the first two to three hours that I'm awake. And then, um, I only eat free range or organic foods. I try to juice at least five times a week. I have fresh juice that I make for my juicer. Um, the way I feel about animal products is I won't eat anything that has ever seen anything more than one bad day. So I support local farmers. I support small farmers. I support an animal that is, lives its life to the fullest and isn't stressed out and full of cortisol and a bunch of chemicals and shit that humans have put into it that just make it awful. That guess what goes into our bodies too. So I'm extremely, extremely adamant about the quality of food that goes into my body. I do my superfoods, my super greens, um, my exercise that I like to do. I like I like to dance. I like to use the rebounder, the mini, like a little mini tramp, that kind of thing. And I love doing high intensity interval training. Um, I, I'm I like the I like the dynamic aspect of that. You know, like every two minutes, go to a different station and just just hit it, but do it well. And then I also love using the vibroplate. Oh, that thing is awesome. The thing is so awesome. I don't know if you've heard of this or not, but at the vibroplate, uh, it, you stand on this platform that vibrates in diff- at different frequencies of speed as well as different directions, like up and down, back and forth, front and back. And by standing on it, it stimulates your, your um, lymphatic system and it stimulates all your muscles to, to contract at a lightning rate that they wouldn't have to contract on on a flat surface. So when you work out on this thing, you get more bang for your buck. It's about working harder is not what I'm talking about. It's the smarter, not harder. <laughs> so, you know, I like to do things that will protect my joints. I am, I need to use my body to help other people with their bodies. So I need to stay as strong as I can, but I also am not interested in, you know, in, in doing, you know, weight, weight training like the rock does because it's just not, it's just not conducive to what I need to do either. So that, and of course I get my sleep and I do, I do do a pretty, um, regimented vitamin mix too. I do my vital proteins for sure. My collagen vital proteins that's, that's from grass fed beef to get my collagen and, and, uh, keep all my, my, my skin and ligaments going and my antioxidants, D3, omega-3s, zinc, uh, these are big ones. And another big one that's huge for me is, um, magnesium. Um, yeah. Th- so those, those are all the things that I do. I'm just really super strict about what I put in my face and the timing of it. And, um, and then just getting in the ability to sweat and you have to do it. Every Saturday afternoon, we open up our tribe sober zoom cafe. It's a safe space where our members can connect, check in and just shoot the breeze about alcohol free living. If you'd like to be a guest at the cafe one Saturday, just drop us an email at Janet at tribesober.com. That's Janet, J-A-N-E-T, at tribesober.com, and we'll send you an invitation. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're, you're a great example, I must say. Can people consult with you on Zoom, for example? Oh, absolutely. The telemedicine platform is 100% what is happen in these days. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you can get in contact with me through my website, through my, my practice is SaneRx. And it's actually San, S-A-I-N, which is French for a healthy, wholesome, and a natural way. So 
RX being prescription. So I am sonrx.com. You can go there and see all my services and we can have telemedicine sessions and definitely get your body where you want it to be metabolically through that platform. So sonrx.com, S-A-I-N, that is. And the other um, place you can get in contact with me too is yes, through my platform of podcasting. You can go to uncommonmedicine.com to see me there. All my links for all my social are on both the websites. So you can have access to everything through them too. It's my life for the last 20 years as a practitioner in the celebrity market. And, and so I'm bringing the best that I've been exposed to to the world because what I, what I find is very common is still very much uncommon to most people. So it's time to change that. And that's what we're doing. So there you heard me talking to Dr. Grace who had plenty of advice to help us heal our bodies and our minds. Let's pick out a few highlights. She emphasised the damage that alcohol does to our health. It damages our gut and produces acidity, making us more prone to diseases like cancer. Our brain plasticity actually decreases when we drink, and our DNA and genes can change. How scary is that? Alcohol causes our oestrogen levels to increase and that's why it's linked to breast cancer. So the most important thing you can do for your health is, of course, to stop drinking. And then Dr Grace explained what we can do to build ourselves up again in early recovery. One of the most important things is an alkalizing diet, which will allow the essential nutrients to be absorbed by our body. We're talking things like super green smoothies, fermented foods, kaffir, yogurt, kimchi and sauerkraut, which are all strongly recommended. Fermented foods will also help with the sugar cravings we get when we give up drinking. So will fresh fruit and stevia. Stevia is actually a plant, a very sweet plant, so we can take drops of stevia in our tea without spiking insulin. Now, alcoholics are always dehydrated, and that's not surprising since every glass of alcohol that we drink robs our system of the equivalent of four glasses of water. So if you've been drinking a bottle of wine every evening for years, you'll actually be severely dehydrated and should focus on drinking lots of water. Now, during these COVID days, we all need an extra healthy immune system. We need vitamin D, B and omega-3. And if we drink alcohol, we prevent these vitamins from being absorbed. We also chatted about dopamine. It can take months for our natural feel-good hormone to come back. So during early sobriety, it makes a lot of sense to take a 5-HTP supplement, which will help to lift our mood. If you would like some personal advice from Dr. Grace, then she does consultations via Zoom and her website is senrex.com. Now that's spelled S-A-I-N-R-X, senrex.com. And her podcast is great as well. That comes out every week and it's called Uncommon Medicine. If you'd like to chat to me about the support we can offer you at Tribe Sober, then just book a discovery call. Go to tribesober.com, click on the big yellow telephone on the homepage and make an appointment. See you next week. 
Ditching the drink is like climbing a mountain. It's hard, it takes courage and grit, and an experienced guide. And that's where we come in. Here at Tribe Sober, we've climbed that mountain, and we know the view from the top is amazing. We've used our experience to put together a unique membership program that will support you all the way. We've got challenges, chat rooms, sober buddies, trackers, and milestone awards, and that's just for starters. So head on over to tribesober.com and check out our membership program. It's the essential resource for anyone looking to ditch the drink and change their life.